0: Intercede for me.
1: In August of two thousand five, the terrible hurricane hit New Orleans and the surrounding areas. I went down there with a group of high school students and other other guys uh, to help out in a little way the way we could. It was Christmas time. Just, what, four or five months later. And one thing that struck all of us was the, the uh, unity that we're seeing in the people there. Devastated. their whole city had been devastated. But there was a, a great uh, effort, unity. And it was uh, it crystallized in a way in, in the banner that was there on the Superdome in New Orleans along I-10. Of course, they have the team there, the football team that we're proud of, the New Orleans Saints. And the the banner on the Superdome said, Our home, our team, be a saint. That struck us uh, as uh, appropriate for what we should all be trying to do. Yes, indeed, we're all called to be saints. Uh, The message of St. Josemaria, and God asked him to preach his whole life. We are all called to be saints. St. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, this is God's will for you, your sanctification. And so while yeah, those wonderful people in New Orleans were rallying around their football team, and being a saint in that way to a certain extent, uh, well, we all are called to strive to be a saint according to these words of, of St. Paul. This is God's will for you your sanctification. In one of his uh, points in the way Saint Josemir writes, I'll tell you a secret, an open secret. These world crises are crises of saints. Words written in about the year 1938 and so appropriate for any age. I'll tell you a secret, an open secret. These world crises are crises of saints. Now, any crisis that we might face in in the world, in our our country, in our our community, our home, the answer is sanctity. That's got to be the first uh, effort that anyone makes if they're going to be serious about helping the world, helping any uh, world crises. I personally must strive for holiness. A priest friend said, he was talking to a ten-year-old boy once, and the little fellow asked him, is it hard to be a saint? And this priest, he had to think to himself, he, well, he says, well, if I answer yes, the boy might not really give it much of a shot. He might not try. If it's that going to be that hard, well, what's, what's the point? Or if I say, no, it's not hard to be a saint. Well, as soon as he finds out how hard it is, you might think, well, that priest lied to me. Yes, it is. It's hard to be a saint, of course. It is the narrow gate that the Lord asks us to walk through. But we see it as a challenge, as an adventure. Saint Josemaria saw this call to holiness as a real adventure, a joyful adventure a dance with God as one of his biographers put it this effort for holiness and we see precisely in the lives of these saints that yes it is a journey through the narrow gate self-denial, sacrifice and in many cases, death the cross, martyrdom whichever path we're called to live out our sanctity, of course jesus we look to you jesus you are the way the truth and the life so when we consider this call to holiness of course jesus how true it is without you i can do nothing i want to follow your ways just like we see in the gospel those apostles those holy women the lives of the saints later on yes we 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 should try. Yes, it's hard, and uh, the, the self denial has to be there. But Jesus, Jesus invites us. He takes us by the hand. It's F- follow me. How often he says it, follow me. Pope the 16th in his book Jesus of Nazareth he talks about uh, the saints in the light of the Beatitudes. And in his commentary on St. Francis of Assisi, he says, the saints are the true interpreters of Holy Scripture. So indeed, we open the Bible, we open Holy Scripture, we try to uh, understand it. Well, the saints. It's good to look to the saints. The saints are the true interpreters of Holy Scripture. What does he mean by that? He said, the meaning of a given passage of the Bible becomes most intelligible in those human beings who have been totally transfixed by it and have lived it out. Interpretation of Scripture can never be a purely academic affair, and it cannot be relegated to the purely historical scripture is full of potential for the future a potential that can only be opened up when someone lives through and suffers through the sacred text and that's what st francis and and so many saints all the saints did they they live the text they they suffer through the text they the the, the bible is is their way the, the words of the lord the life of the lord that's their way someone once said the acronym for bible is Basic instruction before leaving earth. Well, yes, the Lord has spoken to us. We have His words in, in the Bible, and that's the way. I've got to try to live it out, like, like Pope Benedict XVI said here in this commentary. It's, the Holy Scripture is not about, uh, I don't know, so, some sort of um, academic affairs, as, as the Pope put it. Rather, is to be lived out not just to be studied. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the great scholars and the exeges, the linguists who have helped us open up the Bible and, and, and understand the, the words there and the context there. But, but at the end of the day, I need to live it out. I need to strive to be a saint. Or St. Josemaria writes in the way also in the second point, may your behavior and your conversation be such that everyone who sees or hears you can say, this man reads the life of Jesus Christ. Does my behavior, my conversation, reflect that? In this time of prayer, it's always good to make a bit of an examination of conscience, and in this case, on the topic of holiness. Am I really striving for holiness? St. <laughs> Paul, it's like those, this banner in New Orleans, they're crying out to us, Be a saint! is that happening in my life and again we have the great example of those who have gone before us saint ignatius of antioch for example in the early church martyred in the year 107 under the emperor trajan we have those famous letters of his as he's being brought to rome to be fed to the wild beasts No earthly pleasures, no kingdoms of this world can benefit me in any way. I prefer death in Christ Jesus to power over the farthest limits of the earth. He who died in place of us is the one object of my quest. He who rose for our sakes is my one desire. It's all about Christ. The life of St. Ignatius of Antioch is centered on Christ. Without Christ, there's nothing. Forgive me, my brothers, he continues. Do not stand in the way of my birth to real life. My desire is to belong to God. Do not then hand me back to the world. Do not try to tempt me with material things. Let me attain pure light. Only on my arrival there... Can I be fully a human being? He longs for Christ. And in his case, he sees that he's being led to die for Christ, his martyrdom. Great inspiration to those who witnessed it. And we have this account, it was his letters, and the account of his, of his death. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. That commandment, we have to live out. The saints lived out that commandment in their way, in their place. We're not all called to be martyrs by any account, but we are called to, to give our best to God and, and to suffer. Indeed, the cross is the symbol of our faith. Pope Benedict XVI was asked about that those words of our Lord in Scripture, I have come to set fire upon the earth. Would that it were already burning. Our Lord, our Lord Jesus wants us to be on fire. So basically, he was asked, what, is that, what does that mean? How do you read that? And, and the Pope said, This is a powerful saying. When he talks about fire, he means in the first place his own passion, which was a passion of love and it was therefore a fire, the new burning bush. Indeed, Jesus is God. And he's showing us the way. And that Way will include the fire, the passion of the love of God, which includes suffering. Jesus does not come to make us comfortable. Rather, he sets fire to the earth. He brings the great living fire of divine love, which is what the Holy Spirit is. And so we have to ask ourselves, my brother, my sister, am I allowing Christ to introduce his fire into my life, the fire of his love, a fire that burns. In, in a apocryphal saying of Jesus, that has been transmitted by Origen, he says, whoever comes close to me comes close to the fire. If we're, if we're going to draw close to Jesus, we're going to come close to the fire. And Pope Benedict... The 16th continues, whoever comes close to him accordingly must be prepared to be burned. Especially nowadays, we ought to set these sayings against a vacuous Christianity that renders everything banal, a Christianity that would prefer to be comfortable and undemanding. Christianity is great because love is great. It burns. Yet this is not a destructive fire but one that makes things bright and pure and free and grand. Being a Christian, then, is daring to entrust oneself to this burning fire. That's the sanctity that I want. That this fire of love, this Christianity, that's not comfortable, but bright and pure and free and grand. And it's not impossible. God does not ask impossibles. Yes, he asks us to go through the narrow gate. Yes, sanctity is demanding. It's difficult. It's self-denial. But it's also, it's within reach. It's within the realm of our ordinary lives. St. Josemaria Priest, his whole life. That we're all called to be saints. We discover the invisible God in the most visible and material things. Either we find God there or we won't find him. Pope Francis, in his apostolic exhortation, Gaudete et Exaltate, reminds us of this, we could almost call it down to earth holiness. It's within reach. I like to contemplate the holiness present in the patience of God's people, in those parents who raise their children with immense love, in those men and women who work hard to support their families, in the sick in elderly religious who never lose their smile. In their daily perseverance, I see the holiness of the church militant. Very often, it is a holiness found in our next-door neighbors, those who, living in our midst, reflect God's presence. We might call them the middle class of holiness. Indeed, that might be where we happen to be. If you want to put it that way, like Pope Francis here, the middle class of holiness, we're not being led right now, I don't think, anyone making their prayer now, being led to some arena where wild beasts are waiting to devour us. No, ours will be the yeah, the hidden silent sacrifice and service joyfully that we try to live day by day by day finding Christ in these situations that come up and the Pope in the same exhortation he gives an example a hypothetical example it could, could happen to any of us in a way this holiness to which the Lord calls you will grow through small gestures here's an example a woman goes shopping She meets a neighbor, and they begin to speak, and the gossip starts. But she says in her heart, No, I will not speak badly of anyone. This is a step forward in holiness. Later, at home, one of her children wants to talk to her about his hopes and dreams. And even though she is tired, she sits down and listens with patience and love. That is another sacrifice that brings holiness. Later, she experiences some anxiety. But recalling the love of the Virgin Mary, she takes her rosary and prays with faith. Yet another path of holiness. Later still, she goes out onto the street, encounters a poor person, and stops and says a kind word to him. One more step these four specific gestures that he mentions and a thousand others will come our way in our in the 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 development of our life the flow of our life let's be attentive the Holy Spirit will help us to be attentive to these opportunities for holiness avoiding gossip listening patiently to a loved one or might even be a stranger at times praying instead of complaining when we sense a certain anxiety or the trouble. And, and encountering the person I have before me. Whoever he or she may be. And recognizing this is, a, this is a child of God. This person is made in the image and likeness of God. Do I have a, a kind word for him or her? How important that is for our effort for holiness people, the people who God places around me, real persons. Someone once said, I love humanity. It's just people I can't stand. Well, our love, our our effort to imitate Christ, to be holy, will be with the the person we have in front of us. And, as St. Paul writes to the Philippians, we must have the same mind as Christ Jesus. Jesus who looks upon persons with love. Pope Francis, one of his homilies, he said, basically he said, we have to stop looking at our phones and really encounter the person we have in front of us. It's pretty practical, really. Do I really listen to the person before me? Am I attentive? Or am I looking at my phone? Jesus encounters people. Jesus is available for the people. He, he's, he's not off in his own world. He goes from, we see it so often in Scripture, he goes from town to village. The people bring him, they're sick, their needs, and he, he's, he's there for them. And we must imitate Christ, Pope Francis said. An encounter with Jesus overcomes our indifference. It'd be sad, the Pope said, when people meet each other and each of them is only thinking of themselves. They can see the other person but are not looking at him or her. They can hear that person but they're not listening to him or her. No, an encounter is something different. Jesus encounters people, the Pope said. For example, that woman whose son had died, her only son had died. Jesus, he has pity on her. He listens to her. He even brings, and he's Jesus, he's God. He brings that son back to life. Well, not that... You know, we'll be able to do that necessarily, but uh, definitely that, that encounter with a person. Jesus was moved with pity. We can, we can show pity. We can have empathy for people. Jesus doesn't just pass by. He's moved with pity, the Pope said. Well, let's be available to those who pass by us. Holiness. Jesus calls us to a life of holiness. And therefore, Lord, yes, I'll try to accept the fire that you offer me, the fire of your love. And fire burns, but we had to be willing to be burned. Saint Therese of Lisieux, great love for for soul. She died very young. And, and so much. She did so much in her hidden way. She recounts in her story of the soul. Has a little girl, her older sister was giving us some dolls and ribbons that she had. The first sister in line took a little ribbon. And then little Therese went up to the basket with various items in there. And she said, I choose everything. And she took it all. And everyone thought that was quite fair. Special little girl, Therese. And then later in her life, looking back on that moment, uh, had, a, had a meeting for her. She would pray, My God, I choose all. I do not want to be a saint by halves. I'm not afraid to suffer for you. I fear only one thing, that I should keep my own will. Much like the fear of St. Ignatius of Antioch to not be allowed to go to God, to, to somehow be tempted away by, by this life, by the material things of this world. No, I choose all. We, the saints do not want to be halves by saints. I'm sorry, do not want to be saints by halves. This doesn't work that way. We, we have to strive to give all. Sinners that we are, begin and begin again, we see that too in the gospel. How Jesus is so patient with the people. Jesus is patient with you and me. Begin and begin again. That's part of our holiness. The deaf mute. Jesus takes him aside. He touches his tongue. He touches his ears. He helps him. He, He opens up his life. and He's renewed. Those ten lepers who are cured. Their lives are renewed. They begin again. The woman caught in adultery. Jesus loves her. Jesus does not condemn her. Go and sin no more. There's a new beginning, a new chance. It's the blind man along the side of the road, Bartimaeus. Lord, that I may see. These people have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Now We don't know how it ends up for them. We can hope and even maybe in a certain way assume they went on to lead very holy lives. And yes, indeed, they became a saint. Uh, but in the case of these, the deaf-mute, the ten lepers, the blind man, we don't have any phrase there. And he went on to serve the Lord all the days of his life and was lifted up to heaven. Well, we don't know. We, Again, we hope that they, they gave it their, their best after that encounter with Christ. And so we too. That's what our Lord asks. Strive. Strive for holiness. Day by day. Encounter God. In the most ordinary situations, encounter God and the people you meet. Don't just pass by, but really see them. Really listen to them. And again, we might feel, well, I, I'm not there. I, I, I just, I, I see my faults. I see my sins. Well, then, welcome to humanity. We got to keep trying though. The the, the saints. Saint Augustine would say, "We're not some unusual creatures to be studied by, by science. No, they're human, flesh and blood, like you and me. And they kept striving." Yeah, there's a interesting part in the book a Catholic novelist Graham Greene called a novel called "The Power and the Glory," which a priest in Mexico is being persecuted, being hunted down. He does get caught, and the author describes his feelings as he's waiting in prison for his possible execution the next day, (laughs) his meeting, meeting, meeting the maker. He felt only an immense disappointment because he had to go to God empty handed with nothing done at all. It seemed to him at that moment that it would have been quite easy to have been a saint. It would have only needed a little self-restraint and a little courage He felt like someone who had missed happiness by seconds at an appointed place. He knew now that at the end, there was only one thing that counted, to be a saint. Indeed, that's that's the goal. That's the only thing that matters. At the moment of my death, have I loved God? Have I loved my neighbor? Have I really given my best effort to love God with all my heart and all my... So, in all my might, was I willing to humbly begin again and again? Did I offer up the sufferings to see God there with me in my sufferings? Or did I complain instead? One Catholic author describes it this way, the way we got to see things. God permits sickness, the loss of a loved one, professional failures tiredness, confusion, and misunderstandings in order to purify us and help us mature interiorly. For love is tested and strengthened in the forge of suffering. Indeed, my holiness or my attempt at holiness will involve uh, the forge, the forge of suffering. My love will be tested. And like the saints, we want to answer, yes, Lord. Like St. Ignatius of Antioch, who okay, went to his martyrdom, and St. Thomas More, and, and St. Saint Felicity, St. Saint Perpetuo. Yeah, there was a long list of saints who said yes to the forge of suffering, and, and those, not even martyrs, who said yes to the suffering that God allowed to happen in their lives, our Blessed Mother included therefore this author continues with supernatural outlook and in light of our commitment to god difficulties and trials become opportunities for us to be loyal and show our faithfulness with deeds we want to react as the saints did throughout history when they encountered setbacks or problems of whatever kind and that's the way lord with your grace we want to react we want to live out our lives this day by day, moment by moment, St. Josemaria is a young man. He saw those footprints in the snow. Perhaps you heard the story. Yeah, it really struck him. What was he, 16, 17 years old? And he saw those footprints in the snow of a Descalse Carmelite offered that sacrifice, even when it snowed, not to wear shoes. And and that impressed St. Josemaria. Something struck him there. He called it a caress of God on his on his soul. And basically he said, well, look, If that man is doing that for God, then what am I doing? And that helped him develop a deeper interior life. Or as one of his biographers puts it, on the day he saw those footprints in the snow, he unhesitatingly threw himself into the arms of God. Henceforth, he wanted only to fulfill the divine will. God's will. And this is God's will for you. Your sanctification. Well, let's thank the saints who have shown us in their way how to answer the call or how to live out the gospel in its fullness, being inspired by Christ, the example of Christ. Let's go to our Blessed Mother Mary, what a great saint we have in Mary. She said, yes, let it be done to me according to thy word. The Lord asked her, for holiness, which was to fulfill the will of God. Jesus, again, that's, that was his desire, to do the will of the one who sent me. And that's what Mary does in such a beautiful way. Let's ask for her intercession. And St. Joseph and all the saints, that we answer with generosity, with trust, and with humility. Lord, I'll strive for holiness. You have said that your will for me is holiness. Well, Lord, with your help. With your grace, I'll strive to live your life and not mine.
0: I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, Intercede for me.